Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Man, I'm so thankful for you. So glad you're here. If, uh, man, listen, if I've never met you before, my name is Dustin, and I get the chance alongside my wife, Allie, and our family lead here at Purpose Church. And I just want to look in that camera and welcome everybody that's watching online. Man, we love you. We're so thankful for you. Everybody's listening on the podcast. Uh, man, it's just so good to have you wherever you're watching or listening from. But if you're in the area, I'm going to encourage you. Come check it out. Come be in the room because there ain't nothing like being in the room. Come on, somebody in the room. Help me out with that, right? Ain't nothing like being in the room, right? So we love you. Come on, can we put our hands together and welcome everybody that's watching online? I love that. I want to start off today just, again, a few things, uh, just encouraging you, uh, as Damien uh, and A.B. said just a little while ago, when it comes to just this church and who we are and what we're going to be about, I want you to know that we're going to be a church that's about the next generation, and we're going to be a church that's all invested, all in on the next generation. And man, we believe that literally that's the worship leaders, and that's the pastors and the leaders uh, of, to, of the church, not just in the future, but man, they're leading today. Just so you know, on the other side of the wall right there, literally they are... Uh, Man, worshiping Jesus with everything that they've got, learning about Jesus on their level. And so I just want to tell you that, again, we're going to be a church that's all about that. So youth, if you have a student that's age 6th through 12th grade, get them here on Wednesday uh, for, for kickball. Uh, slip and slide kickball is going to be a blast. I want you to know, I know that they may want to just like coop up and just like hang out in the house all summer on a tablet. But I'm just going to encourage you, get them here uh, Wednesday night just to be around some people that are in the same walk of life as them. we got an incredible team, youth team, and I just love so much so thankful for they want to just spend some time hanging out with you and they're going to have a stinking blast so I'm telling you get them here Wednesday uh, and then I'll tell you again PK conference is next Wednesday and Thursday do not let your 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 elementary age kiddo miss that and let me share something with you we got a lot of generous people that call Purpose Church home and so if $35 is too much for your family listen please do not let that stop you from signing your kiddo up for for, for that because man we want to just be able to get them here and I'm telling you they're going to have like it's going to be the best two days I believe, of their summer, uh, and we're just really proud of our kids' team, just so thankful for all that they do, investing into the next generation. So one more time, can we put our hands together? Thank God for the next generation teams, all of that. Man, I'm so thankful for them. Love them so much. And Man, I love you guys. I'm so glad you're here. You picked a great Sunday to be here. We're continuing our series called Legends. Somebody shout Legends. Has anybody enjoyed this series so far? About six of you. All right, good. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's good. No, no, I think all of us have kind of enjoyed this idea of these are guys and gals that we've heard of before, right? When it comes to legends of the faith, when it comes to people that all of us have heard about, I think these are just, it's good to revisit that a little bit, especially in the summer. And I want to tell you about a couple things coming up. Next Sunday is Father's Day. Shout out to all the dads in the room and dads that are watching. And my dad is here. Uh, he's here every week, uh, usually in the first service, right? But he's here second service today. Um, but man, 
I, I just want to shout out all the dads. Next Sunday, here's my encouragement for everybody. If you have been wanting to invite somebody to come to church uh, and have like, like, you've been praying for them, I would encourage you, bring them next Sunday. Okay, so like that's my, that's my charge to you is next Sunday, have somebody sitting next to you. They've been wanting to invite, maybe it is your dad, maybe it is your family, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a friend. But everybody, I'm going to encourage you, next Sunday is going to be a message. I believe that, that, that people are going to get saved. And so I'm going to encourage you, maybe somebody that hasn't been to church in a long time, bring them next Sunday, okay? So, so I encourage you with that. Uh, but I love this whole series that we've been in talking about legends. And so when I think of legends, obviously my mind goes to the sports world, right? Because I'm a sports guy, just love watching basketball. Actually, 25 years ago yesterday, the greatest of all time, legendary Michael Jordan actually had the flu game. Anybody know what that is in the NBA Finals? Okay, nobody does. Okay, no more sports references the rest of the service. Okay, I won't reference any of that. But when it comes to legends, those are, those are the, like a lot of times where our minds typically go. Um, but I think it's so cool that there's also legends and guys and gals that have gone before us when it comes to our faith. And so I, I, we've talked about a few guys over the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about a female. Ladies, let me hear you say, hey. All right, ladies, we're going to talk about a lady today uh, in the Bible, and I can't wait to talk through that. But I kind of want to just rally us around this one scripture that we've been talking through, and it's been in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. So Hebrews, um, the, the, the writer is writing this, and in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. Uh, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Amen. Love it. I love that. Uh, it says this, therefore, somebody say, therefore. therefore. So when you see that, and I know I've said it every single week, but when you see that as you're reading your Bible throughout the week, you have to ask, what is that word therefore? Okay, so therefore, what's it therefore? Which meaning what it's doing is what it's really doing is it's connecting what was right before this to what's coming right after this, okay? And so what you need to know that happened right before Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 is an entire chapter about faith and people of faith, legends of the faith that honestly, let me just share with you, were everyday, ordinary people just like you and I, but that they said yes to God, and God did extraordinary things with them. And so I want to encourage you, that's right before this. So he's saying, hey, I'm listing all these people. By faith, this person did this. By faith, this guy did this. By faith, this gal did this. Therefore, watch what he says, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Right, since you've got all these people that have gone before you that are kind of up in the stands cheering you on, watch what it says. Strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. How many of y'all would agree, you know what, man, life sometimes can trip you up. Sin in our own lives, things that are not honoring to God can trip us up on this race called faith. But watch what it says, and it says this, and let us run, somebody shout run, run. with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, I want you to know that what the author of Hebrews is trying to do for you and I is connect their faith of old, right, of long time, of legends to our faith now. And the fact that, you know what, what we've done over the last few weeks is we, what we've kind of, kind of, if I could just paint this picture for you, is that all of the people that have gone before us that we read about in the Bible are up in Roy Stewart Stadium in the stands, right? You can just imagine that. And all of us are on the track, and we're running around the track, and that is the, this race called faith, and we're running it. And what if we could, if somebody could come out of the stands that has gone before us in faith, what if they could come out of the stands and come onto the track and make a lap with us, what would they say to us? Like, what would be their encouragement to you and I? And that gal we're going to learn from today is the, uh, is the gal Rahab. Somebody shout Rahab. Rahab. 
All right, and if you go to the chapter right before what we just read, there is actually a scripture there that references Rahab. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, this is what the Bible says. It says, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, yep, we're going there today, just so everybody knows. All right, everybody good? Everybody good? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. All right, all right, all right. We're going there today. Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who everybody else was refusing to obey God, but she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. You may read that and be like, I don't know anything of what that means. Like, I ain't got no idea what that means. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk through that. We're going to walk through that together today. We're going to tell you a little bit about this story of Rahab. And I don't know about you, but, but again, I want you to know part of her story is what it is right there. That she is a prostitute, but I want you to know she ends up being one of the great, 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 great grandmamas of Jesus. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. It's getting scandalous in church today. I like it, right? Did you know that? Like, like, how does a person go from being a prostitute to literally in the same line as the Messiah himself? Like, what would she say to us if she came onto the track? What would she share with you and I? And I can't wait to talk through that because I think she would just encourage you and I. You know what? My life didn't start out like I thought it would. And my life didn't start out like, like I've got some dark days that I'm walking through. That Like, like my life, honestly, if I could look at my life right now, it's not where I pictured it being, Right? Excuse me, I think Rahab could really start out by saying that. And I want to encourage you. I want to just challenge you. Today's message, anybody that's watching online, anybody that's listening on the podcast as you drive, listen, this is for you, anybody in this room who you may think, you know what, I'm not liking my story so far. I'm not liking my life so far. This can't be possibly what God had in mind. Like, like, and you maybe find yourself disappointed where your life is. And I think there's so many of us who tend to think a lot of times, if we're just being really honest, that our life, it kind of can get off course and not what we thought it would be, and that's just it, right? It's just, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to always be. And I just came to remind some of us today, based off the story of Rahab, that she would tell us, and I want to remind you that it may start off terribly, but we serve a God of regeneration. We serve a God of second chances. And I can't wait to see what she would have to say to us if she were to say it. I think the very first thing that I want you to write down, because again, note takers are history makers. I think you've got to understand it. We've got to write it down. This idea, uh, again, she started out as a prostitute, but winds up being the great, 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 great 28th great grandmama of Jesus. Okay, How does that happen? And I think she would say something like this. You've got to let God write your story. You've got to let God write your story. See, like you've got to take the pen out of your hand, and you've got to let God write your story. See, if you go on to read... Hebrews chapter 12, a little bit down a little bit, obviously it's talking about, hey, how do we keep running this race with endurance? How do we keep doing that? You know how we do that? We do that by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by keeping our focus, our gaze on Jesus, because he's the author and the perfecter, the author and the finisher of our faith. So you need to understand that he's writing a story. That he wants to write a story in your life, and there has to be a moment in yours and my life where we figure out, you know what, the story that I've been writing on my own is not the story that God wants to write with my life. I'm going to give him the pen, I'm going to let him write it, and I love this story of Rahab. I love it so much, and I think there's a few key things that I think, on top of this right here, of the idea of let God write your story, that she would tell you and I that I want you to write down today. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. All right, the very first thing is this idea that God is looking for you to be in his story. See, God is looking for you to be in his story. 
So I don't know about you. Let's just be real honest. We're in church. We can be honest together today. Has anybody ever had a dark day that seemed to be not just a day, but it turned into a season? It turned into a specific time in your life that, man, I just don't know if this is really what I thought it was going to be. I don't know, man. Like, I'm looking around at my life. This is not what I signed up for, I feel like. Like, I'm looking at all of my surroundings and what I'm going through. Like, man, this does not feel like what I feel like I, I signed up for originally or I thought God would want me to have in my life. I think a lot of us get there, and I think there's dark days that come to, to, to pass in our own life. And I just thought about a few in my own life. And specifically with this idea that God is looking for you to be in a story. I think about a dark kind of time in my life when I was a kid. I was just like every other kid, just a wild dude. Just, again, if you can imagine me, ADHD now, imagine me at five years old. Come on, somebody, right? Praise God for my parents. Oh, my Lord. I just, I mean, like, it's wild. Like, I was wild. I was a crazy kid. Just a lot of, just, just bouncing off the walls. And I remember... Uh, towards the, uh, the like kind of Christmas break, I started to get sick. I started to uh, like like not be able to be woken up on the, the school bus whenever I got home, and and all of these kind of things. And and listen, it was the last day before Christmas break. How many of y'all know that's party day? Come on, somebody, right? So your boy is not missing the party where we're exchanging gifts together, okay? And so I'm like, hey, I'll go. You know, if I can go to school, then we kind of made this trade off. If you go to school, I will take you to the doctor. Like like after, if that's cool with you. Okay, yeah, that's great. So I go to school, and I come back, and we go to the doctor's office, and they start doing some blood work and some things like that, and it comes back. So I'm a little off. I don't know what's going on. They say, hey, you know, I think it's strep throat. We're going to kind of do some other uh, samples, uh, cultures, and things like that. Let's run some more tests. And come to find out at Jackson Purchase Medical Center in Mayfield, Kentucky, on December 21st, 1994, these people walk out of the, the doctor, walks out of the office, and looks at my parents, which, again, me being a parent now, I could not imagine this just... What, like, I just can't imagine this happening, but they look at my dad and mom and say, hey, I want to let you know that Dustin has cancer, and you've got a decision to make tonight. You either need, you either need to go to St. Jude in Memphis, or you need to go to Cosairs in Louisville tonight. Like, you can't wait. Like, you got to go right now. And I remember in that moment, um, uh, just, just being scared to death, right? I remember that moment just being such a dark time in my life, in my family's life, and uh, we, we ended up traveling down to St. Jude, but what I want to let you know is the fact that in the middle of all of that, you know what, God was still pursuing me, that God was still looking for me to be a part of his story, but you know why? Because because of that, even in the middle of my darkness, that I was able to accept Jesus. At five years old, I realized my sin, it separated me from God, and guess what God did? God chased me down, even in my darkness. He was looking for me to be a part of the story, of his story, and I just got to tell you, hey, listen, I called my grandmama, I was like, Grandma, I just gave my life to Jesus, and I'm eating some chicken noodle soup. Come on, somebody, right? So, like, like I, I remember in the midst of darkness, in the midst of, I didn't have any idea what was going on, that God was still coming after me, that God was still looking for me to be a part of his story. I grew up a few years later. Uh, thank God just was able to get through chemotherapy and all of that for about two and a half years. And I, I'm about 15 years old. And I, how many how many of y'all made some dumb decisions when you're 15 years old? Okay, some of y'all are like, I'm still making dumb decisions. Don't be doing that, okay? <laughs> right? Like, like I, I, I get that, but like I was in this moment in my life where I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I mean, what 15-year-old really does. But at the same time, I felt my parents were youth pastors for years. And so I felt like, oh, my goodness, 
I, I, I feel like I may want to be in ministry. I, may, I feel like a little bit, but like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Anybody ever done that before? You've done your own thing for a little bit. And uh, I remember uh, th- there was this one time, uh, actually this one night, that what happened was um, I was hanging out with some people I shouldn't be hanging out with. Come on, somebody. Y'all been there before, right? And uh, we decided there was this little girl that broke my heart. This is before Allie. This is B.A., before Allie. Uh, a little girl had broke my, ar- uh, my heart, and we decided, all of us, had bad intentions, and we were going to go TP this girl's house, right? We're going to TP in. So we're sitting in the garage, and we're tearing up napkins. We're going to throw them all in the yard. Bad idea. I'm not giving anybody hints right now. Do not do this, okay? This is a bad decision. It's not good. And so I, honestly, I was a pretty good kid, but uh, we get there that night, and I, I'm in the front yard. It's got this huge tree out front, and guess what I'm doing? I'm in the front yard, and I'm just giggling and throwing toilet paper. I'm just like, Hoo-hoo-hoo. You know, like, that's all I'm doing up in the front yard. Like, I'm laughing. I'm like, Hoo-hoo-hoo. I was just throwing toilet paper everywhere. Little did I know that back towards the house, what they had started to do was they were saran wrapping the entire house. They had opened up 45 cans of, of sardines, had put them all over their porch, honey, uh, cooking oil over everything, uh, wrapped it all in spray paint, started, sp- or not spray paint, in, um, uh, in, in uh, uh, whatever kind of, I don't even know what it is, saran wrap, that's the word. You better not be doing that right here. Y'all know that too well. <laughs> They better not be knowing that too well. Um, and then next thing they know, they start spray painting their sidewalks. They start spray painting. And here I am in the front yard just, they had no idea what was going on. But I remember it was in the middle of all of that that, that we, okay, we got out of there. We left. Uh, they knocked on the doors. You know, obviously it was a terrible idea. Um, and so we got out of there. We thought we got away with it. I remember the next day uh, we had, a, we had a, uh, uh, an event, the, a youth event. And I remember, this is before my, I had a cell phone. I didn't have no cell phone, but they called my dad somehow. And uh, they called my dad, and it was the girl's parents. And on the other line, they were talking to the police. And I was just like, I don't want to go to jail. You know, like, I don't want to go to jail. I'm a good kid. But I remember through all of that, um, so I remember just crying. I was a 15-year-old kid, just bawling my eyes out. But I remember through all of that, it was a dark season of my life where I was chasing after things that, man, I just, I just thought that they were going to satisfy me. I was chasing after, and I found myself in a dark season. But just a few months later, I want you to know that even in the middle of that darkness that I was walking through, in the middle of being grounded for the rest of my life, like in the middle of all of that, 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 that next summer, uh, was actually a, a pivotal summer in my life because there was a, an invitation given at a church camp that I was a part of and at uh, where they asked anybody, hey, I, I just feel like somebody's been maybe running from God, but God has a call on your life and you need to go into a full-time ministry. It's kind of what you need to pursue. And, and uh, here I am running from God, but knowing that that was the call that he had on my life. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is crazy. And yet even in the middle of all of the craziness, even in the middle of all the darkness, guess what I know and I know to be true is that God was still looking for me to be a part of his story. And he wanted to use me. He wanted to use you. And I just came to remind some of us that it may be dark for you right now, but God has a plan. God has a purpose. And he is looking for you to be a part of his story. If anybody believes that, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? I believe that with all my heart. This is Rahab's story as well. Just so you know, this is Rahab's story. Rahab was a prostitute that lived in the walls of a place called Jericho. So just so you know, like they used to have these big fortified, I mean reinforced walls that went all the way around a city with gates and things. Reason being is that was a great defense to anybody that would come and try to attack. And we find that Rahab has set up shop in her house, has been in this, this, this wall all the way around. 
And so you got to understand that, that there's this guy named Moses who we're going to talk about next week. Uh, anybody ever heard of Moses? Anybody heard of him? Okay, we're going to talk about him next week. But, but there was this guy named Moses who was leading God's people. And again, Rahab is far from God. She doesn't know anything about God, doesn't really care anything about. But, but these people that Moses is leading, he ends up dying. Now there's a new leader of God's people. His name is Joshua. Somebody say Joshua. And Joshua sends some spies into this city, right, Jericho, to go and check out what's going to happen because they're about to take over this place because that's the land, excuse me, that God had promised them to have. And so this is what happens, Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. It says, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp, and he instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. And so the two men set out and came to a house of a a prostitute named Rahab and they stayed there that night. See, this is what I know about Rahab is guess what? She was not searching for them. They went out searching for her. Why? I believe it was because God had a plan. That God made sure that the place where they were going to sneak up over the wall and into the city just so happened to be by the window of this lady's house named Rahab. And I just think that that's not a happenstance. That's not just a coincidence, but it's the fact that God was pursuing her. That God was looking for her to be a part of his story. And I say that because I want to tell you, God has been coming after some of you. That God has been coming after you and, some, and pursuing you and saying, hey, isn't it about time that you give me the pen of your life? Isn't it about time that you let me write the story? See, Jesus even says it in Revelation chapter 3, it says that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And guess what? Jesus could knock it down. Come on, somebody. He's God. He could do anything he wants, right? He could kick the door down. But what's he doing? He said he stands at the door and he knocks. And he says, hey, 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 how about today? How about this Sunday? Like, isn't it about time? I know you've been, I know you've been kind of avoiding it. I know it's dark in your life, but I've been pursuing you. And God is looking for you to be a part of his story. And there's God giving moments of response that I think he is waiting for you and I to say yes to his invitation. And I'm going to throw this on everybody that knows Jesus. Maybe you're in here and you have a relationship with Christ. Let me just encourage you really quick um, that maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm in a dark season myself right now. Like I'm kind of, I don't even know kind of which way is up. Uh, you know, and God, I, I know he's been asking me to do a couple things along the way, but I've just been kind of making excuses. And I just want to challenge you. Guess what God's been doing still? He's still been looking for you to be a part of his story. He's still been pursuing you and saying, hey, be a part of the story that I want to write with your life. And so, good again, God is looking for you to be in his story. Number two, if everybody's good, say, I'm good. Yeah. All right, number two is this. God makes a way for you to be in his story. God makes a way for you to be in his story. See, it's not just the fact that she was sought after. It's not just that fact that they came to her house, but they made a way for her to be able to rewrite her story. Watch what happens. Again, I think you need to understand that the spies, they show up first, they talk to her, and then what happens is they go out and they scout out the land, and, and then they come back, and they come back to Rahab, and they tell her, yo, just get ready, because we got an army of people about to come and take all this over. Like, we coming, okay? Just get ready. It's going to happen. And, she, and they're like, hey, hey, don't tell anybody. You can't tell anybody. I don't know about you. But, but, like, they're thinking, okay, we're going to come in and we're going to take all of this over. A lot of times during that time, it would have been some bloodshed, some just bad stuff happening in that city. But guess what? She's like, yo, I don't want to die, right? 
Like, help me out. Like, I, I'm, I'm protecting you. I'm protecting God's people in the middle of this. Why can't you help me out? Like, and, and what begins to happen is we see that there is a way made where they swear by this oath in chapter 2 of Joshua. It says this, before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by this oath. We have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all of your family members, your father, your mother, brothers, all of your relatives must be here inside. And if they go into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. But if anybody lays a hand on the people inside this house, we will accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, they say, you know what, stitches get snitches. Come on, come on, snitches get stitches, okay? Right? I totally botched that. That was terrible. Uh, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way, he said. Again, Rahab said, hey, I accept your terms. And she sent them away. And watch what it says, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. So you need to understand, anytime you study scripture and you see this idea of scarlet, this idea of red, this idea of a red rope, all throughout scripture, this is a sign of the cross and the blood of Jesus that makes a way. And so I love that even the Old Testament is pointing to the way, being Jesus, thousands of years before, that is still making a way, pointing to Jesus on the cross. And again, the rest of this story is an incredible story. If you go and read it, I encourage you to read it this week. But go and read the story of Rahab. Is this idea that Joshua and them start coming up to the city and they don't use fighting and swords and all of these things. If you've been to Sunday school, you kind of know what happens. All right. If you don't, this is a weird song that we used to sing back in the day. When Joshua gets all the people up to Jericho, they start singing this song. Or maybe they sing it, but we sing it in, uh, in Sunday school. They sing it like this. Joshua fit the battle up. That's all the Sunday school people right there. Joshua fit the battle up. Some of y'all are like, what is going on right now, right? Joshua fit the battle up, Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Okay, about, about six of us. Okay, I'm good with that. Good because maybe you don't know the story. I love that. You, you may not know it. Let me teach it to you really quick. They said, okay, are we going to go in and fight and take it over? And God says, no, no, I want you to march around it. I want you to do anything. I want you to march around it. I want you to march around the city. And then I, I don't want you to do anything else. I want you to march around, and on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. On that last time, I want you to shout. I want you to worship. I want you to do all kinds of just, uh, just, just worship me. Just shout. And watch what happens if you go and read the story. You've got to understand that the walls of Jericho didn't come down with force. They came down with worship. And so I just want to encourage some of you, you've been forcing, and this is just another topic. I ain't even supposed to preach this, but I could. Like, like let me encourage you really quick. Like, you've been trying to force something into happening. Guess what? Maybe you need to worship into that. It, it, maybe that's the way that you need to, to, to go into that next season or make that next decision. You've been trying to make the decision forcefully. No, no, no. Maybe you need to just posture yourself and worship and say, you know what? I'm going to position myself to hear from you, God. I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to watch you do your thing. Because ultimately, that's what happened, and the entire wall came tumbling down, except for one little section that happened to be Rahab and her entire family's house. They were all saved. Why? Because she was willing to apply the way that God made for her to be saved to her life. She was willing to do that. Like, and you may be thinking, you know what, I don't like the story that I'm being, that's being written with my life right now. There is one way out, and there's only one way out. And you and I may think, you know what, if I get a better job, 
if I get a better car, like if I get the bigger house, if I get a different relationship, then it will change. But here's my encouragement to you is that you gotta let the you gotta let Jesus Christ do the changing and the Holy Spirit do a work on the inside of you every day. And I just believe that God can take the bad, God can take the dark, God can take the confusing, and He can turn it around for your good. Come on, if you believe that, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? I believe that. See, Romans 8, 28 is one of those verses that we just, man, we just love and it was one of those just main things when it comes to, to, to the name of our church even. This idea that God is causing everything to work together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose for them. And so the, I want you to understand that the God, that no matter what your dark story has looked like up until this point, that He can turn it around for good. I want you to know that. And I think Rahab, she would tell you that. That you know what? God makes a way for you to be in his story. It was a scarlet rope that saved my life. It was a scarlet rope that saved my family. And I just want to tell some of you today, the scarlet rope is the, the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ that you and I can be saved. That can change generations when we say yes to Jesus. I think it's incredible. I think, uh, again, what she would say to you and I is this idea that, you know what, yeah, I was saved from that, but even more so, I think God would look at her and say, girl, I got more for you. I got more for you. Like, you, you, you like you're going to understand that, yes, I got more. I saved your family, but you're going to be the great, 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 28th great grandmama of Jesus. Watch what, the Bible, or watch what I think she would tell you and I. There's always more to God's story. I think that's something that Rahab would say to you and I. There's always more to God's story. That the story is not over yet. That God has always, like a, a redemptive ending in mind. And that redemptive ending is, is restoration, whether it's here in, in eternity. And it's better than you think it is. And I want you to understand, giving your heart to Jesus is not the end of your spiritual journey. It's the beginning. Right, it's just the beginning of the race that you and I are being called into. And I want to encourage you. Man, start by giving your life to Jesus. And I believe that there's always more to God's story. That God has more in store for your life than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. But you've got to start by giving your life to Him first. And the last thing, I'm going I'm to kind of land the plane on this, is the next time that this lady Rahab, her name is shared in the Bible, is all the way in the Newer Testament. So you get to the New Testament, and you've got the first four books in the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call those the Gospels, right? And those are just eyewitness uh, eye accounts of Jesus' life, the things that he did, the miracles that he did, the prayers that he prayed. Like, like we see an eyewitness account to everything that Jesus did. And this guy named Matthew begins to write about, uh, uh, he takes uh, from Abraham, uh, a legend in the faith, and follows 42 generations all the way down to Jesus. Right, he does that when he starts off his book when he's writing. And, uh, so Matthew, what he does is he takes 42 granddaddies and throws 42 granddaddies' names up in there. But did you know, if you go and read it, there are four ladies' names that are in there. There's four ladies. And one of those ladies, guess who it happens to be? Happens to be Rahab. So what I, why, why would Matthew do this? Why would he do this? Why would he insert those four or just those four, really? I think and I believe it's because Matthew had a dark past as well. He said, Matthew, you know, if you know anything about him, he was a tax collector. And I don't mean like a, just a bad IRS guy because you didn't pay your taxes showing up to your house knocking on your door. I'm talking about like a mobster. I'm talking about like a gangster. Like I'm talking about like take everything from you, kids, family, life, whatever it takes, right? That's Matthew's life. That's who he was before he encountered Jesus. 
and Matthew was a tax collector. And I just believe he wanted to let all of us know that in the middle of Jesus' genealogy, guess what? There's some messed up people just like you and me in the middle of that. They're right in the middle of that, that God has a greater story right written for you if you will give him the pen of your life. Look at what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, and then 5 and 6. It says this, that Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, all right? And then watch what it says right after. It says, whose mother was Tamar. We don't have time to talk about these ladies really quick together. But Tamar, if you go and read it, it's in Genesis chapter 38. Uh, Genesis chapter 38, go and read that. Uh, it's a story, it's so dark, it's a dark, it's a, it's, a, it's a desperate story to me. It's just one of those like, oh my goodness, like wow, this is a, this is a dark story. Go read it this week, but watch what it says. Uh, go back and read that, but then I want to encourage you. She, this lady, Tamar, ends up being one of the grandmothers of Jesus. Okay, then you go to, go to the second one, Salmon, uh, that's how I say it, I don't know if that's, who says Salmon? Salmon? Salmon. Sa Salmon it is. Okay, was the father of Boaz? <laughs> Whose mother was Rahab? Okay, we, we heard about Rahab today. She was the prostitute. We know her story before she was saved. We know her story before she had been given the way that was going to provide for her family, that, that was going to provide salvation for her family. We know about her. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mama was Ruth, right? I want you to know, and just really quick, I got just a snippet for her. Ruth wasn't even Jewish, which in that culture would have been kind of one of those She was an outsider. See, Matthew, the tax collector, was also an outsider. And Matthew, the tax collector, I think he puts this gal's name in there, right there, because he's wanting you to know, you know what? Outsiders are welcome into Jesus' story. That, that you ain't got to have it all together, but that you're welcome into the story of God. And then you get down to the very last one. It says this, Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David, who we talked about last week. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Don't have time to go into that crazy story as well. But David is up on his roof one day, and he sees Bathsheba out there, and she's taking a bath. Uh, she thought it was in private, but David sees her, calls for her, sleeps with her when she gets to the, 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 the palace. And guess what happens? She becomes pregnant. Her husband is off to war like all kinds of people should be, like David should be. And yet David says, oh, okay, you need to come home. You need to sleep with your wife. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And what does David end up doing? He ends up pushing Uriah, Uzziah all the way to the front lines to where he's killed. So not only does David commit adultery with Bathsheba where he, kinda, he, he forces himself on her, not only does he have her, her husband killed, like uh, imagine this gal right here, like the shame that she's under. Imagine the guilt that she's living her life with. Imagine losing her husband and now having to do whatever she's called to now. Like now, now the king wants to have her as, as his wife and I, I think all of these ladies if we could just recap their story if we could just walk through these four ladies that are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus if there was just one snippet for each one of them I think we could say it like this Tamar guess what this is this idea that God will forgive even the worst sin if you go on to Rahab guess what God will use you no matter what your past may look like that Ruth if you go on to that that Ruth God will not leave anyone out and the last one is Bathsheba, is that God can heal any situation. And I came to declare somebody that may have think that they've sinned too much, that they've, got, they've done too much in their past, that they feel so alone, and nobody would ever include them, that God could never heal a situation. I just want you to see in the very genealogy of Jesus that there's four ladies right here that
that are mentioned that have a story that may be a lot like yours and mine. But the fact is that guess what? God forgave them. God used them. God included them. And God healed them. Come on, if you believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? And the last thing I want us to land on, this is what I want to land on today, is listen. Listen to me. Don't underestimate the yes that you have that you give to God. Don't underestimate your yes to God. So maybe some of you today need to say yes to a relationship with God. That Jesus has made the way, much like that scarlet rope hanging down that saved Rahab's life. You know what? There was a scarlet, uh, a scarlet flow of blood that came from a cross. There had to be a payment for our sin, and Jesus was willing to take that payment and put him on himself. And I want you to know that, man, that yes is the best yes you'll ever have in your life. Saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in this room. You say, you know what? I already have a relationship with Jesus. But, man, I've been making excuses. I've been making, like, some references to my past. I've been saying I'm in a dark season. But you know God has been asking you to say yes to some things right now. I would just ask, if you're in this place, don't underestimate your yes to God. Don't underestimate your yes to God. So would you mind if you're in this room, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're watching online and and wherever you are, I just want to tell you, if you're in this room or listening online, I'm so thankful that you're here. I think it's just the, the message of the gospel and the fact that, you know what? God will forgive the worst sin. That God will use you no matter what your past may look like. God will not leave anybody out and that God can heal any situation if you say yes to him. So you're in this room or you're watching online, listening on the podcast and you've just been wrestling with this thing called sin in your life, trying to be better, do better, whatever it might be and yet there's nothing that can satisfy that that emptiness on the inside of you. I want to just encourage you that that can only be filled by Jesus. He wants to save you. And the Bible says that there had to be a payment for sin. You know, our sin, where we mess up, there has to be some sort of exchange that happens where a payment is made for it. And Jesus was willing to go to the cross. Jesus was willing to give his life. Jesus was willing to say, you know what, I am, I am, dude, I I will take the punishment for them. Maybe you're in here and you say, hey, you know what, I need to say yes to Jesus today. I need to say yes to that relationship today. I need to say yes to, to forgiveness today. If that's you, would you just pray something like this? Would you say, dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you, would, you, would you cleanse me? Would you make me right before you? God, I exchange my sin for you and what you did on the cross. I give you my life. I ask you to save me. I ask you to live for you from this day forward. Help me, strengthen me, give me, give me things that I can use to make much of you, Jesus. Not for myself, but that I can use them to make much of you. And I want to live for you from this day forward. Maybe you're in here, maybe you're watching online. Something that you just prayed, you prayed word for word, or you prayed it in something like it, but you asked Jesus to forgive you, come in your life and save you. Listen, I want to tell you, you made the best decision you've ever made in your life. And I want to just ask you're in this room and you just said yes to Jesus if that's you would you just let me know by just raising your hand and dropping it right back down today I just said yes to Jesus I just said yes to a relationship with Christ you can raise it up and drop it right back down awesome if 
that's you and you just made that decision to follow Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. A couple different ways that you can let us know. Because that's my encouragement. If you just said yes to Jesus, I would encourage you, you got to let somebody know you got to let them know that, hey, I've made the best decision of my life. I've gave my life to Jesus. I'm different. I want, the, I want somebody to know. A couple of ways. You can let us know. You can let us know, but if you get your phone out right now, and all you got to do is text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That would be awesome. It lets us know that. It would be our honor to follow up with you this week. And then if, if that's one way that you want to do that, or in just a few minutes, we're going to worship together as we take up our tithes and offerings. And we got some incredible people that I love so much that are on either side of the stage that are able to just encourage you, give you a Bible. You can come up and let somebody know. I know it's going to be in, a, in a, a crowded room of people, but, man, we want you to know that we are so proud of you and so excited for you. So they're going to be available for you at the end of the service as well. And so I just want to let you know, be sure and let somebody know that you made that decision. I want, I want to follow up with another uh, question. Maybe you're in this room or maybe you're watching online and you know Jesus. You have a relationship with Christ. But, man, you've been not saying yes to some things that you know God has been asking you to say yes to. Maybe you've been putting them off. Maybe saying, you know, once I get out of this next season, once I get through this, once this happens. And I just want to challenge some of you today that maybe you need some just some extra prayer. Hey, would you pray for me? That I, I, would, I would say yes to what God is calling me to. I would say yes to what he is asking me to do. If that's you, I just ask you to slip your hand up. You can drop it right back down. I see hands in here all over the place. Would you say yes to what Jesus has called you to? Awesome. Awesome. Well, let me pray for, for both of you. Um, uh, sets of folks that, that said, you know what? I, I have Jesus. I want a relationship with Jesus. Let me also pray for you that just said, hey, I need some prayer in my life. So God, we come to you today. We honor you. Thank you. We love you. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for the, the gift of salvation that we get the a privilege to be able to say yes to you. And God, I'm so thankful for my friends in this room that were vulnerable enough to say, you know what? I, I, I haven't been saying yes to some things that you've been asking, God. And I just pray that you would just give them supernatural peace. I pray that you give them supernatural strength. That, God, you want to use the everyday, ordinary person like me to make a difference for you. God, we are just vessels in your hand. Use us however you want. Do whatever you want with us, God. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, I said everybody said, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.